Welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. Here with me is my best pal, Kali J. <sighs> sleepy Stop. time, Kali J. Hey, <laughs> quack, quack, quack babies. <laughs> it's sleepy time, Kali. Not sleepy time, Kali. <laughs> oh, why not? Because we're bringing in coffee, Kali. <laughs> Boing! Uh, hell yeah. How you doing? What are we doing? How you doing's in the pod now? That's, that's um, you know. Oh, mix it up. We probably should say how I'm doing because, <laughs> folks, I've got a whole thing going on over here right now, um, and it might come through the pod. I'm not sure. Oh yeah. In a uh, shit that only happens, only and always happens to me fashion, yep. some kind of explosion has occurred in my neighborhood. <laughs> And there's an abandoned building that has a very loud alarm going off and there's all kinds of firefighters and then like the neighbors are excited. They're running up and down the stairs. So I don't know if all that noise is going to come into the podcast, but it might. So Kayla (laughs) is like like, a magnet for chaos. Yeah. Well, like everyone knows someone who... They feel like complain too much about shit too much, and they come into work, and they're always com- there's always something going on. They're just- but it's usually like bullshit, you know. You're the only person I've met that's like had receipts and been like, <laughs> yeah, my there was a fire outside my apartment, like right outside my window for a while. It's all fine, but like there was a fire, uh, and like right now it's that like, is oh, true. Yeah. My house was on fire a few months ago. That yeah, is yeah, an- yeah. That is a true story. It's like yeah, like you have i mean like a hank aaron level record of bad luck yeah like all-time great bad luck haver hey hey all-stars baby (laughs) 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 but you gotta look on the bright side and you got a kick-ass pod yeah (laughs) i have the number one movie podcast so you got the number everything else it's in the wash (laughs) and uh what else you got you have a badass <laughs> That's all recording I have. rig. <laughs> I certainly have a recording rig. <laughs> <laughs> the badass is questionable. Hey, what we watched this week? Wait, I didn't ask how you're doing. Oh, me? Moi? Old Kali J? Oh, you asked how I was doing. Oh, I'm doing just fine. Things are good. Yeah? I've been playing through Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4. I have sure. mixed feelings about how much Spider-Man he loves, loves cops. He loves the cops. Yeah. Loves the cops. <laughs> and I don't like how much playing the game makes me feel canceled. Because <laughs> I've be... watched a few movies like that recently. <laughs> you ever uh, watch a movie that makes you feel canceled? <laughs> yes. I mean, that. I just, I never played a game that made me feel canceled in, in this way. Like, I've played very depraved games and, like, gory and uh-huh. everything. But yeah. this is, like, it, the quips. He's literally just like. Ah, there's nothing I love more than stopping a drug deal. It's like, no! What? <laughs> Be normal. That's what do you mean? Be cool, man. What the fuck? <laughs> That's your favorite crime to stop? <laughs> the the nonviolent one? Oh my god. So that's that's how oh, I'm, doing. Yeah. I'm doing fine. Things are right. going, actually going very well. Oh uh, yeah. And <laughs> hey, you know, I think besides a sleepy time episode. This is also a, a love episode because we're recording the day before Valentine's Day. Valentine's That's true. Day. 
Yeah. So our Valentine's episode will of course perfect. be baby teeth with Jackson Ezinga. <laughs> that is a good Valentine's Day movie. Mm. <laughs> There's love in it. You know, perfect segue. Yeah. The movie we watched this week is all about love. <laughs> kind of. It, if you think about it, <laughs> it can be. <laughs> okay. The movie we watched this week is the 2019 film The Platform, or the Spanish title El Hoyo. Which is Spanish for what? The Hole. My Hole! Colin. <laughs> so, uh, I've been I wa- saving that. <laughs> I was going to say this is going to be a Kali Pro level episode, but once you yelled my hole, <laughs> then we really know it's going to be a Kali Pro level episode. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. As far as cast goes in this movie, there's really only one person that I recognized from anything. Just because this is a Spanish language movie, mm-hmm. um, most of the actors, all of the actors, some would say, uh, are only in like Spanish stuff that just doesn't reach here sure so the one person that i recognized was the main guy ivan masagoy who was in pan's labyrinth oh okay what's our critic scores cricket scores rotten tomatoes we coming out 80 percent 80 to 80 80 to damn that's good 80 to, we got an 80 to 80 <laughs> hey this movie's certified fresh 80 to 80 to 80 uh, <laughs> cut cut all that terrible uh metacritic 73 percent and our crazy Google users, 78%. Pretty good. Everyone likes this movie. Yeah, pretty good all around. Yeah. So in lieu of a trailer, because this is a Spanish language movie, mm-hmm. I'll just read a little synopsis. Okay. A mysterious place, an indescribable prison, a deep hole, an unknown number of levels, two inmates living on each level, a descending platform containing food for all of them, an inhuman fight for survival, but also... An opportunity for solidarity. Hell yeah. This movie is not subtle with uh it's with commentary. Its themes and commentary. Yeah. It is very <laughs> it, it it spells it out for you broadly. And mm-hmm. I personally believe that's really my only major critique. That it bonks you over the head too hard. Yeah. I appreciate mm-hmm. some subtlety, but I by the same token, I, I read about this movie that it received but like a big boom for viewing due to COVID. Like it was put on mm-hmm. Netflix around the time that everyone started staying in. Yeah. Um, and you know what? This movie spreads a good message. And if a bunch of people are going to watch it, I am fine if it's going to bonk people over the head with it. Because some people may not get that message if they have to look into subtlety. True. There are a couple things you can find like if you look deeper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the general message, yeah, it is pretty obvious. Obvio. Yeah. It's a, I I do appreciate that though, because once you start thinking about themes of American films, what do we see a lot of? We see a lot of single people succeeding. We see a lot of people Mm. thriving and due to individuality. Superheroes, you know? Like these special people, because this or they worked hard or whatever, they're now our saviors. And while that's all well and good, and a lot of times it makes for, it can make for great cinema, there's not always a lot of movies about solidarity. I'd say outside of like sports cinema, which is kind Mm -hmm. of a different solidarity, there's not a lot of movies about really working together for a common cause. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, Ovio 
you could throw a thousand movies at me. I'm painting with broad strokes here, but it really is always refreshing to me to watch a movie that the whole point of it is just like, isn't it easier if we work on this together? Like, if we worked on this together to make sure that everyone had enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love that. I'm a big sap for it. Yeah. Uh, because that's my fucking ideology. Kali's uh, a big commie. I, yes, I am a Marxist, and this movie has strong Marxist themes about what could be we feel right about the world. Ugh, I love it. Let's get into it. (laughs) All right, so this was actually initially written as a play that never got produced, but the two playwriters helped develop this into a screenplay with Mm -hmm. the director. They spent two years on rewriting their script to end up with this screenplay. Wow. And mainly because they were fighting so much between the director and the playwrights. They just could not agree on stuff. They had conflicts regarding both the core and the anecdotal elements, and they almost just trashed the whole thing several times. <laughs> so <laughs> so it is a miracle that it even made it here. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. So as I said, this is a Spanish language film. On Netflix, it gives you the option for dubs, for for having a dubbed film. The dubs autoplayed for me. That's just what came up when I pushed play. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought this was a Spanish film. This is weird. And then I realized it was dubs when obviously it didn't exactly match up like how dubs do. And um, (laughs) I feel like the dubs were unhinged before I turned them off. Sounded like Sam Elliott reading for the old man. Just like that low, like Southern drawl voice. And then you turn it off and he's like, of you. <laughs> it was like so. Oh unhinged. my god! Yeah. So I recommend not playing the dubs. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. As always, I would say, just read. I know. Come on. All right. So we start with two men. Our main guy's name is Goreng, and he wakes up in a concrete cell marked with the number forty-eight. Mm-hmm. And he also has a cellmate, and we kind of establish that Goreng is new to being in the cell and his cellmate Trimagasi has been there for a while. I don't think we know how long exactly, but yeah. He's the old one. And the cellmate is kind of describing where they are, what's going on a little bit, and he refers to the place that they are as a vertical self-management center, oh, uh, aka the pit. <laughs> yeah. They say there's the ones above, the ones below, and the ones who fall. So they're in this sort of it's essentially like a a jail. <laughs> Sort of. Yes. I don't know. It's... Yeah. But no guards, no masters. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. It's like rehab is what I could, the closest thing I can consider it to in the sense that people are both brought there consensually and non-consensually. Yes. Very few rehabs do non-consensual rehab, but like. It is rehab in that sense, but yeah. in the sense of like the physical space, it's more like a prison. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we find out that Goreng is come here voluntarily Mm -hmm. uh which completely baffles Shumagasi and rightfully so like and this brings out a really interesting characteristic about Goreng I feel because his explanation for why he comes in is what he wants to quit smoking and read he signs up voluntarily for a six-month stay to yeah quit smoking and to read a book Don Quixote 
Yeah. Is that how you say it? Yeah, that is. A, but he will end up with an accredited degree after that six months. Not worth it. No. <laughs> and you only get to bring one item with you into this space. And what he chose as his item was that book, Don Quixote. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. But like jerk off motion, you know? <laughs> So the idea behind his sort of mind frame or whatever, his trajectory, is that when he starts in this space, he thinks it's going to be a walk in the park. He checked himself in. He's thinking, I'm going to chill for six months, read this book, yada, yada. Yeah. But over time, he starts coming face to face with uh, the reality that things are much more grim than that. Yeah, (laughs) it's uh, one of the worst places you could ever fucking be. Yeah. And the director said they wanted to add that as another metaphor about how we enter the world sheltered by our parents but slowly learn that life is a fight for survival you know what there you go what that's true that's a weird i guess that tracks Mm -hmm. i didn't know life was hard for a long time i unfortunately basically knew before i was born (laughs) i was gonna say i'm very sorry My mom always says that I knew what was coming to me, so I didn't want to come out of the womb. I was 11 days late, and she was in labor for 30 hours. So Yeah, called being <laughs> a bala. I didn't want to come out because I knew what was coming. <laughs> so anyway, we've talked about how I'm uh, cursed. <laughs> oh, my God. So... Yeah, these men are kind of just stuck here. So even though he's checked himself in voluntarily, there doesn't ever seem to be a way that he can check himself out voluntarily. No. And I saw a comparison between this and Exterminating Angel for that reason as well, which is a movie I brought up in our Relaxer episode. (laughs) Not to bring up Relaxer on every single episode we ever do, but I have stated. Um. (laughs) We will. It's contractual now. Uh. Yeah. But no, I do remember that title. (laughs) Yeah, where those people get stuck in a room and you don't really know why. They're just stuck there and also fighting for survival. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that movie Cube. I don't know that movie. Okay, you never. Okay, it is. uh, It suck rocks, you know? Okay. But it is good. Like, definitely watch Cube. Just conceptually, it's similar to this in that it's people who wake up in a place and are trying to, like. survive well in that one they're trying to get out kind of cube two hypercube i i've heard the sequels to cube are very bad but now that i do want to watch a movie called hypercube i know <laughs> how did it cut co- when did it come out 2002 God of course damn it. anyway so the old man we later find out got here because he got mad at an infomercial and threw his tv out the window yep in. Which landed on some guy outside and killed the guy. <laughs> Go to jail for that. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's in the pit. And his one item that he brought is the knife from the infomercial that made him so pissed off, which is a self-sharpening knife. It is such a good... Who is this actor? What is his name? Zorian Iguelior. Uh That's my best attempt. He portrays Trimagasi. Tr- He's outstanding. He is... He is, yeah. Teeny tiny, mm-hmm. but terrifying. Even before you see the knife, I, I don't know if at this point they have discussed Trimagasi's past levels in the cu- in, in the platform, not in the cube. Not yet. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay, okay. But he's terrifying as this yeah. tiny little guy. He's terrifying, but he's also like friendly. Like he's not meant to be 
evil or like menacing. He's really just fighting for his own survival like anyone else. So we have to describe the space that they're in, I think. Yes. So this pit or vertical self-management center or platform or whatever you want to call this place starts at level zero at the top and then goes down from there. So every level is down where most building floors are numbered the opposite way, right? Like one is at the bottom and then goes up. The same numbering system that's used in this movie is also used in uh, the circles of hell in Dante's Inferno. So it's a Dante's Inferno reference. Oh. Inhabitants of the third circle reserved for gluttons are punished for their greed and appetite on earth and hoard what they desire at the expense of others in Dante's Inferno. Oh. We'll see that play in here in a second. Yeah, Uh, yeah. But I want to hit some other notes before we get to that. So it is like a multi- tiered thing but every level is the same appearance wise they're all just like these concrete rooms with a missing square in the middle Mm -hmm. i don't even think they have a shower they just have like a toilet Uh, and a sink they're shitting where they're eating yeah and for the sets only two tiers of concrete cells were actually built and the appearance of the many tiers of cells going above and below were added in post. Just, yeah. I thought that's kind of cool. That does make sense. Yeah, they only ever talk one level up. Yeah, even 80% of the film they shot only on one of those levels, too. Sure. When they needed to shoot a camera pointing down, that's when they went up to level two. That's pretty cool. Hell yeah. They also, they use lighting and framing and colors to create the sort of like oppressive, overwhelming atmosphere. Yeah, the way color and sound kind of work together in this movie is really, it dictates the mood really well. Yeah, and the director kind of likened it to the sea. So like the blues on the upper levels where people are, I guess it represents more of like a higher class. They get more things. They're better off. They're more like turquoise and, you know, bold like that. And then when you get the further and further down, they're more dark and cold and yeah. less saturated blues. Yeah, down really there. kind of start to get just darker. Yeah. Feels bleaker. More dark and more colorless. Yeah. Yeah. And at first, the shots, uh, just like the framing is all pretty tight on the characters. Mm -hmm. But the more of their stories that are revealed, then the more the room is revealed at the same time. So then by the time you know everything about the character, that's when you really see the four walls that they're stuck in and you can feel the space kind of being stuck around you. (laughs) No, I definitely feel that. Yeah. At first they leave it kind of ambiguous what the space is really like or why they're there even. Yeah, it's just, this is a movie that you really have to trust. (laughs) It is not all, oh boy. I would not say it's comfortable to watch, no. but... This is a horror movie. <laughs> it's horror? This is, yes. like, inspirational to me. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, politically messaged horror. It is. But it is horror. Yeah, because it gets... It's not Dark. that bad. People say it's worse than it is. That's <laughs> okay. my... Get that out of the way. So next we have to talk about the food system. Yes. Kind of the whole story of all these people revolves around their relationship with getting food yep so the food descends on the platform that starts at level zero and goes down at first we don't know how many levels there are and we don't actually find Mm -hmm. out 
for real for a long time. Pretty much the end, yeah. But we get some ideas along the way. So it starts at level zero with a lavish spread of just all the most beautiful, like... Decadent. Yes, decadent. That's a great word. Kind of food that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And they kind of, they treated food visually as like another character in the story because it's aesthetically the opposite of everything going on in the prison. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They used a warmer palette of colors for the food. It's all, yeah, very warm and rich colors. It's on this lavish, fancy tableware, just very beautiful spread of food. And that is just exactly opposite of what's happening in the cells. (laughs) Yeah. And throughout the movie, we see cuts of people making the food. And Mm -hmm. it's always with such great care. Yes, very tender, gentle, yeah. (laughs) You know, the most, the perfect food every fucking Mm -hmm. day. And so this food all starts off on this one platform that starts at the top and works its way down and stops for just a period of time at each level. The people on each level only have the time that that platform is at their level to consume their food for the Mm -hmm. day, which of course leads to chaos. (laughs) Sure. They also can't keep any food beyond the time that the platform leaves because the cell is heated or cooled to fatal temperatures if anyone tries to keep any of the food for later. So they only have that amount of time to eat. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we have the whole thing set now. <laughs> like I feel like everything's set and now I can pop Go off, off a little. <laughs> This is where, like, so this is, like, why would people go crazy about this, right? Because ostensibly, like, people at level one get their chance first. Mm -hmm. You wake up to this food. You realize it's going to go away. You're just going to eat it. And that's your time to eat for the day. Yeah, you're just going to go fucking wild. Mm -hmm. And if you get first dibs, yeah, you're going to go fucking wild. The way people react under distress, isolation... Uh, extreme conditions that put them in this primal state. We see a lot of cuts of just hands grabbing food Mm -hmm. in the most disgusting way, just ripping and tearing at layers of cake and, you know, lobster and fucking Bowls of rice and shit, yeah. Yeah, not ever thinking about anyone below them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's these conditions that they're brought into that make them blind to... Any any kind of empathy or identification of a connection with a person below them solely because in that moment they're eating above the people below them. They're better mm-hmm. uh, because the people above them were better. And it it's really fucking bleak and it's really some dark shit. Uh, but I do appreciate the way the movie handles it and is very, like I said, it's blunt, but I, I think it serves it. Overall, it's a critique and a compliment. I love and hate it. Love-hate relationship. (laughs) It is just, at the moment, real. I mean, (laughs) that is what's happening. You know, the people at the top have all the wealth, all the things they could ever want, and don't think about the people down on the lower levels. No, it is a good visualization of the way... Think of people who make $20 an hour complaining about a $15 minimum wage. Mm -hmm. They're only complaining because they have that point of power. They are afraid of losing it. They've been down there. They made it up to a higher level. They don't want to go back down. Going Mm -hmm. back down would mean losing their safe, secure place. Uh, And so it's 
simping for the level above <laughs> you because they have what you want. In this case, food. In real world case, money, you know? Mm-hmm. Or uh, any other type of stuff too. I mean, money's any not commodity. the only thing. You know, since this came out right before like COVID, they were saying like, think about toilet paper, face masks, like whatever. It's all the same. Just like, fuck you. And that, I mean, that takes back to like, the individualism that is posited so often in American film, that makes a difference in people's minds. Like, the movies we take in affect our brains and the way we think about things. Our perceptions of jobs and what people do in this world come a lot of times from the media we consume. Not real world evidence or anything. Like, I don't know what a fucking general does. I can tell you what a general does in movies, though. Hangs out with Shaq. (laughs) on tv though <laughs> uh spot i wonder if we could get the, the general to sponsor us i'd take that money i want to be on the commercials i just want to hang with shaq even though he's a cop Ugh, we don't have Shaq's to talk about a polarizing it. yeah shaq is polarizing <laughs> he's I'd good never and bad it. yeah the duality of shaq <laughs> I had this quote from the director that I thought was really good. Yeah. He said, unfortunately, we're the most miserable species that has ever set foot on this planet, and I don't think we will change. We're fearful animals, and if you give some power to someone who has lived their entire lives in fear, they're likely to become a motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what we see in this movie. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. The opposites of uh, of solidarity or competition. Like, Mm -hmm. are we going to work together to eat? Or is it like a zero-sum game? Are you going to look at it that way? Mm -hmm. And the system kind of perpetuates itself because what what we find out is, so more about how this place works, is that you move cells each month with the same cellmate as long as they live through the month, I guess. You can do whatever you want while you're in there. At the beginning of the movie, the deepest that we know that this place goes is 132 levels because the old man has been on that level. Yeah. Other than that, nobody really knows how deep this thing is. He shares his experience of being on that level, level 132. Mm -hmm. Because when they wake up, what did we say? Level 48? So being on level 132, after that same platform of food has gone down over 100 levels, right? Mm -hmm. There is no food left by that point. It's just dishes, if that. Yeah, it's broken glass, basically. Mm -hmm. And so you have to go 30 days without eating or figure out some other way because all the people above you have taken more than their share than the people at the bottom starved. Yeah. So when the next month, those people who were at the bottom end up at higher levels, they're thinking, well, the people before let me starve. So first Fuck of all, now, yeah. now I'm starving and I want to eat everything because I've been starving for 30 days. But secondly, then yeah, fuck them. They're down there now. They can starve. Yeah. In that way, the system is self-perpetuating. Oh, absolutely. It's the logic like, oh, we'll give it to you, but we're going to create this manufactured scarcity. And, and panic and fear. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like this. And there's a very like defined class system because of the platforms. They are Absolutely. very like, you cannot talk to the people above you and fuck the people below you. <laughs> because they're below you, yeah. Like, yeah. You're, abo- you're better than them. It really bums me out. This first, <laughs> like, 
when fucking Trimagasi pisses on the... I was thinking about that too, yeah. On the guys below. Just shit uh-huh. like that. Like, ugh. There's a couple instances of it that just, like, I don't know. I have fucking indoctrinated myself with Marxism. I live and breathe it, and I, I firmly believe that the only actual way for any human progress to occur is through cooperation, through solidarity, through making sure that everyone else is all right. And, and like, it's a very fucking simple message. And to see very blatant shitting on that, literally, in some points. Yeah. It fucking, it riled me up, baby. I got riled up. <laughs> Colin was moshing. <laughs> yeah, I'm jumping around the room. I'm listening to <laughs> Blink-182. God. <laughs> Not even, like, propaganda or something. New stuff only. <laughs> Gimme Skiba years only, baby. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so they are chilling when a body falls down the hole. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's... I rewound it like five times. I mean, it's great, but it's disturbing. Yeah. And <laughs> soon after that, a lady comes down riding this platform. Her name's Miharu, which means uh, to guard, to watch over, and to open one's eyes wide in Japanese. She uh, and she she does rock, and she's looking for her son. So she rides this platform down every month, kills her cellmate so that she might be placed with her son next time because yep. her son is in here somewhere, and they've been separated. And it's implied that she might she probably is the one who threw the man down the pit earlier, just so that she'd be able to be placed with her son the next time that they wake up. Yeah, it's not great optics, you know. She's badass, but she is a ruthless killer. <laughs> Yeah, but so at first, the ruthlessness of what she's doing, because when she rides down to the next level, I mean, she straight up kills the people on the next level. Well, too. They try and get her. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, attempt to assault, sexually assault her. It's implied. But the farther, yeah, the farther we get in the movie, we kind of understand where the depravity comes from. But at yeah. first, it seems a little more shocking because we're yeah. just like, oh, these two nice guys chilling in their cell. Like, <laughs> Totally, you totally. Know. Yeah. And we do get a little bit of a montage of the two guys before they leave this level. They do naked yoga together. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they it's just, just gu- hang yeah. out, reading books. It's guys chilling. It was the lighthouse. Um. <laughs> it, it is the lighthouse. It is. Oh, yes. It is two people just chilling in the most non-chill setting. Yeah. Just, just boys being dudes. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. So at the end of the month... They get gassed, and this happens on every level. Everyone gets gassed to sleep. Everyone gets gassed on every level. Yeah, and when they wake up, they're on a new level. We've all been there. (laughs) Woke up on a new level. (laughs) Well, we got so gassed that we woke up on a new level. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, When they wake up this next time, Gorang is tied down because they have woken up on level 171. Not great. No. You can hear people screaming all around them, waking up to find what level they are also on. Yeah. So Trimagasi, the old man roommate, has tied down Gorang so that he won't hurt him when he goes crazy from the hunger. I mean, this is his second month, I guess, at this point. He's new to the system and, yeah. and trying to fight for survival and stuff. He's like, look, I've tied 
slide you down. No big deal. We're never going to get food way down here. Mm -hmm. So when we get hungry, I'll just cut off pieces of your legs for us to eat. No big deal. (laughs) (laughs) He's true. Look. I'll be nice. (laughs) I remember the first time I watched this. I had seen this movie several months ago. And then again today. Uh, First time I remember like being just like, yeah, fuck you, Trimagasi. Today, I was more like... (sighs) You know, I get it. Like, again, I just saw conditions create this insanity. And it's Mm -hmm. almost like, while Trimagasi is explaining it, he is also, like, it feels like he understands, like, I am just looking out for myself. I am just going to live. uh, And this is way too fucked up of a situation for me to process. So I'm just going to eat you. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry. And it's really charming, almost, that he's forthcoming with it to me. Yeah, the director actually, he really wanted people to watch this on multiple viewings because he said that we all have a little bit of Goring and a little bit of Trimagasi, and each one of us has to decide which one of them wins our own internal battle, if you can choose. So upon first viewing, when we look at Goreng, we see what we want to be. And then when we look at Trimagasi, we see what we are. Right. What we are sometimes, yeah. So the film is designed to question that the more you watch it, or to question where your place is Hell yeah. among that. Me likey. Trimagasi is in the middle of cutting this man's leg when the lady comes back down on the platform again yeah. and sees him chopping Goreng's leg. And Goreng tried to help her before when yeah. she first came down on the platform. So they have kind of like a... Uh, Good thing going. Good vibes only. Yeah. And it's not weird, just good. He tried to help her. That's it. It's just good vibes. She hops off the platform and kills Trimagasi. Throws him back and then stabs him in the neck. Yeah. Yeah. And then hands the knife to Gorang so that he gets out of being tied down and everything. Yeah. But Trimagasi's ghost does chill out for the rest of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry. We don't get rid of him, folks. Yeah. There is, like, some humor <laughs> in the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I appreciated. Absolutely. And apparently, the actor who plays Gorang and the actor who later will meet, uh, actually here just in a second, that was the person who did his intake, apparently they are known for their comedic work. Like, they're comedy actors. Oh. So even just, like, having them in this film introduced comedy just by nature of them being there. But there was, like, some gags and jokes throughout. That we're good. Oh, yeah. You, you yeah. smile. You crack a smile sometimes. Yeah. Uh, not so, at this point, though. <laughs> <laughs> right after that man dies, we get the gas. And um, when he wakes up again, Gorang is on level 33 now. So he's back up to where he'll be able to get food again. Pretty and he good. has a new roomie. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. <laughs> so he has a new roomie now because his old roomie died. And his new roomie is the person who did his intake when he signed up to go into this place. Mm -hmm. She has also voluntarily committed herself to the pit. And she tells him that there are 200 levels. Yeah. So at this point, (laughs) that is also what we think. (laughs) Yeah, it's expanded now. Yeah, so it's expanded from our previous knowledge. Her one item that she brought was her dog. Stupid decision. And we do find out that she has cancer. Why did she commit herself to this place? To die? (laughs) 
I don't remember. She kind of implies that the place is like, good, you know, like that there is mm-hmm. a, a way to solve it. Like she wants to try and fix it is how she looks at it. But she also was not aware of how bad it was. Exactly. Too. Yeah. She specifically rooms with Gorang because she sees him as some kind of hero. Like he'll be able to help the people somehow. Mm-hmm. And... She's trying to convince him to create an event that inspires spontaneous solidarity between everyone. No. (laughs) Wish that it were. It's just, yeah, it's a really like, huh? That's what you're trying to do? Because that's not a thing. She thinks that she's going to convince people to participate in socialism, basically, or whatever. Yeah. She starts trying to prepare a plate for the people below her and saying, just eat what's on the plate and then make a plate for the people below you. And if we all do this... We'll all yep. eat. No big deal. But of course, no one will do that. This is a commentary, a clear commentary on socialism. Like, mm-hmm. And there are that, a couple. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I think a lot of people who call themselves socialists or call themselves leftists or, or, or want to move left, we all have to reckon with a little bit. There has to be some brute force. Someone mm-hmm. has to tell you what to do or else not everyone is going to do it. No, Um, and some people will willingly, and most people will not. (laughs) Yes, most people, you have to threaten something, which uh, eventually Goreng helps out with. He threatens the people below them to get them to eat the food on the plate. (laughs) Or else he'll shit on them. Yeah. Amazing. She also tells Goreng that the woman who rides the platform doesn't have kids, Never had kids. Came, came in here alone. wanting to be, yeah, came in alone, wanting to be the Asian Marilyn Monroe, and now she's just a serial killer. The place has turned her. Huh? That's what I said. But this lady maybe doesn't know some things we find out. <laughs> no, totally. As the movie goes on. So when that lady comes down on the platform, she ends up killing this woman's dog. Yeah. So after the dog is dead, then this admin lady has depression real bad. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like a combination of her dog is dead. She didn't realize exactly how depraved and horrifying this pit was that she keeps sending people yeah, to. Yeah, what she signed up for. She Yeah, and she's worked here for like 20 years or whatever. Just like, I think it's hitting her like the horror of all the people she sent to this place and how bad the conditions were for them. Yeah. That she didn't quite realize it was that bad. Absolutely. So when they get gassed and they wake up again, they're now on level 202, which means that they are deeper than she even thought existed. So it's just everything's hitting her and uh, she hangs herself. Understandably, yeah. Yeah, understandably. But she left her body there. She didn't uh, like jump mm-hmm. or anything so that Gorang would have her body to eat when he got hungry because as we said, level 202, no food's going to make it that far. Also should say this film was shot chronologically because the main actor had to lose 30 pounds over the shoot to show his physical deterioration. So over time, he is also losing weight. Oh, man. I didn't even notice. I did not either. (laughs) (laughs) His time spent on this level is mainly just him chilling with the two ghosts, that lady and his first roommate. Yeah, it's a pretty quick level, but it's just him going completely insane. Yeah. And when he gets gassed and wakes up again, he's on level six. So now he's up top. Oh, yeah. And he has a new roomie who is crazy hopeful. (laughs) Uh, He's on fire. 
his one item that he brought was a rope. He thinks he's going to climb out of this place, basically. Yeah. He's trying to rope up six levels and get out. But, of course, <laughs> oh. tell him what happens when he throws the rope up he and climbs the, up. So he throws the rope up and, like, the people above him are, like, carrying him out but giggling. And, like, everyone knows, like, watching, you're like, buddy, come on. Wisen up, throws it up, and he starts climbing, and he, like, reaches his hand out, he's like, help me, help me, and then we see a butt with poop coming out of it, and the poop (laughs) falls onto his face, and he he understandably loses his grip, and he kind of slides down, and he almost falls, but... Goreng saves him. Yeah, just another instance of nobody above you is going to help you Mm -mm. help somebody below them. Yeah. The people above you aren't interested in helping you get up there. They're lucky they got up there and they understand that, Mm -hmm. Um, which is another aspect that I think is important to bring in. Pretty much everything is fucking luck. It's where you're born. It's all Mm -hmm. fucking luck. Yeah. People aren't, CEOs aren't incredibly smart or talented or better than you in any way. They're just lucky. They got lucky. Someone had to fill that job at that point, and they happened to be it. Yeah. That movie posits this very well. It's, again, over the head. It's just like, you're not better than someone else because you're on level one. You're only better because you're there for now. But, like, when you move, you're a piece of shit. You're not better. You just woke up in a good place. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's all fucking luck. Keep working. I'm not saying that as an excuse to, like, be lazy and not put work in to make things better. And hey, if any of the normals out there become millionaires, billionaires, help me uh, out. You better cut us a check, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. We helped you get there. Where would you be without us? <laughs> so, because his new roommate is so fit and has so much like gusto and wants to help people, believes in God, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Goreng tells him, We have to be the people who do something and make sure that everyone gets food. Yeah. When he was in that lower level, 202, he timed how long the platform stops at each level. And based on that, calculated there to be about 250 levels. Mm-hmm. So now we have even a deeper understanding of how deep the pit is they decide that they're going to ride the platform down and hand out portioned food to people Mm -hmm. to try and make the food last to those lower levels the entire time yeah yes but they plan on giving out food starting at level 51 because the top 50 levels always eat they ate yesterday they'll eat tomorrow and it's more complicated than <laughs> they thought it would be. <laughs> surprise, surprise. When it comes to like the commodity, people aren't going to listen if you're standing in their way of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is applies so well to socialism, for example. Socialism yeah. asks that everyone pitch in their fair share. A lot of people don't want to pitch in their fair share. They think they can do it all on their own. They can take care of themselves. I, I, and to an extent, I understand that. And some people can take care of themselves. That's the thing. When Absolutely. you can, a lot of times you don't even realize why or how other people can't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like many people, you're just happy you got there. Yeah. And you want to just stay there as long as you can. It makes sense. You know, there yeah. aren't a lot of rich people who are trying to no longer be rich. Yeah. Or or even out everything. You know, they give to charity, but that's, you know. They stay millionaires. <laughs> that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. This film, though, it doesn't entirely position itself against those on the upper levels either, though. It's kind of about what you yourself would do if you were on any given level. Absolutely. It does critique capitalism and socialism 
and everything, mm-hmm. but there's no direct attack towards the upper level people because in some ways you also kind of understand why they are the way they are. Yeah, it's a great movie if you can empathize because fuck, if I were in this, I like to say I, I could walk, talk the talk, but like, I don't know. I'd be terrified. Yeah. I, like you, you understand, you can't blame them for no. trying to look out for themselves because yeah. look at all the fear and hopelessness that is being manufactured around them. They're in desperation and they're going to act as such. Yeah, and just another way that it, you know, puts a little critique on socialism too is like when Gorang and Baharat do try and convince other prisoners to willingly share their food, (laughs) they have to end up killing half of the people that they set out to help because people will not willingly do it. Yeah. So (laughs) it's kind of fucked up. It's very fucked up. Look, it's always weird when you start trying to justify murder. But if you look at pretty much every fucking institution of government that's ever existed has been because of, you know, murder. Someone has died in the name of a government to be established Mm -hmm. or a new order to be established. I don't think I have anything incredibly profound or helpful to say about it. It just is what it is. It fucking sucks. Um, But it's another aspect that I understand. You know, if you are talking about the greater good, like we are really trying to fucking make things better for everyone and people are actively standing in the way, I I can understand the use for violence. The yeah. end. <laughs> so Kali is pro-murder and... Uh, look, don't... I, not, not pro-murder, but not always pro-murder. Murder's hard. You know, I don't... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get anywhere tonight with this. <laughs> so they decide they need to send a message to the workers on level zero. Mm-hmm. They want to try and alert them to something. At first, it's less clear. This is where the movie's like, I could use a little more heavy handedness with this. Like, I, yeah. I feel I understand, kind of get it, but like, uh, go on. I can elaborate more as we go. So at first, they decide they're going to preserve this beautiful panna cotta dessert. So they're going to keep it going down all the levels. They're going to save this panna cotta and send this perfect panna cotta back up on the plate. And then the workers upstairs will know something. (laughs) They'll know that they know. On their way down, they are... Smashing skulls. I mean, absolutely wrecking people. Badass. They find out that if nobody is alive on that level, then the platform doesn't stop, which means that when Gorang determined the amount of levels based on the amount of time, then his math would have been off because he didn't know that. So there could be any number of levels, and now we just really don't know. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's just some like gruesome gore when we're going down. Oh, it gets really fucking bleak. Yeah. I, I love a lot of gore, and this movie really delivers on mm-hmm. gore. It delivered, and it was, it was good gore. I can't always watch gore, but I liked this one. Yeah, and we see the baby lady. The lady, the baby lady, the lady who was looking for her baby. (laughs) Yes. Get murdered. And the two guys, I mean, they get pretty wrecked too. Oh God, yeah. When somebody's attacking Gorang, Baharat has to behead the man. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. And it's also interesting just going down all the levels, looking at the stuff that other people have brought because everybody gets one thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, some people have weapons. Somebody has like a surfboard. There's a man who's like rolling 
fumbling around in money. At one point, we pass a level with two prisoners sitting naked in a kiddie pool. Those are actually the script writers, David DeSola and Pedro Rivero. Good for them. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty funny. Yeah, that rocks. They get down to level 333. (sighs) There's a little bit of symbolism here. Since there are 333 cell levels and there are two prisoners in every cell, total number of prisoners is 666, baby. Insert Iron Maiden right now. We're in hell. (laughs) On 333, we find the child, actually. Yeah. And according to numerology, the number 333 signifies answered prayers and a message from guardian angels to comfort you and remind you that you have the strength to keep going on your way. (laughs) So a little bit of numerology in here, I guess. So we've now found the child that that woman was looking for all this time, the very bottom, and they have to give her the panna cotta because she's hungry too. And then they decide that the girl is going to be the message that they send up to the level zero workers. A stronger message than the panacotta, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the woman who ran the place didn't even know that there were children in here or how deep this thing goes. No. So the people who are working up there probably certainly don't. Or they are aware of it and they don't care, which is... Seems less likely. Seems, well, I It seems like they probably don't know exactly what it's like in there. Sure, sure, sure. Actually makes sense, yeah. So the girl is the message. Yep. She kills Baharat. So it's just her and Gorang left. And I think they go down one more level to the bottom. They descend to the bottom Um, of the pit, yep. Yeah. And the director said that to him, that lowest level doesn't exist. And that Gorang is dead before he arrives. That's just his interpretation of what he felt he had to do to get to the bottom yeah. And let this girl get to the top. Sure. Yeah. When they get to the bottom, he does get off of the platform and walk away with the ghost of his former roommate. He <laughs> <laughs> and Tree Tree, yeah. And she floats back up to the top and that's roll creds. We done. Yeah. Apparently they, apparently they did shoot an alternate ending of the girl arriving at the first level, um, mm-hmm. but they ended up taking it out because they wanted it to be more open to interpretation, whether the plan worked or if the higher ups even care about sure. what's going on down there. Yeah. Yeah. Which I liked. I thought that was a good ending, maybe. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. I yeah. I appreciated the use of ambiguity in that sense. I still feel mixed on the ending. I know I said I just liked, I just said I liked it. I don't know if I do. And you lied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's easy. See? <laughs> Me and Kali oh, had a God. pre-recording conversation about how I have a complex against lying, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Now you know, one of us is a liar, one of us is a truther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what are your thoughts on the ending? Or on any of it, I guess. Did we miss anything or do you have more thoughts? I'm just thinking over it. You know, ultimately, my differences with the movie are more personal and and that like, oh, I would have sent this instead. But that's kind of a moot point because it doesn't matter. Uh, What would you have sent? I would have just gone up and killed probably. Mm. But that's, you know, violent and bad. Ultimately, I think. I don't think it sets a good precedent. I don't know. I just, it leaves me, it leaves me. You would have abolished the prison. I would have abolished the prison. Instead, they say, we see you uh, as this lat. But they, they couldn't. They literally could not. So mm-hmm. they, they were fucking murked by the time they got to the bottom. So in lieu of that, I, I suppose. Yeah. Everything I just said is stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cut all that, I guess. 
Cut it or keep it. You can keep know. your thinking stuff out. That's just me like processing it as we go. That's fine. Yeah, it's good. I, I think it's all right. It gets a pass from me. Oh, I really like this movie. I really do. Um, Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it's a good movie. It just, it does, like, bonk you over the head with what it's saying. And for me and you, who, like, have a general slash intense understanding of, like, you know, what they are trying to get people to think about, then it's not as necessary a movie for us. But I'm happy that it does exist. I appreciate it. I appreciate its 94-minute runtime. Sure. You do not need to stretch this thing out. No, and yeah, having the quick runtime and still throwing in entertainment for people who don't need to be bonked as hard with the message, like having the violence and the the detailed visuals and everything, like, yeah. It's an intense watch, but I still find it enjoyable. No, I do too. There is a lot of gore, though. If that's a yeah. deal breaker for you. I'm saying that the gore and the other elements that are maybe separate from the message itself are what keep us from being bored when we already are informed about the message. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah. He's so smart. Am I? <laughs> yeah. What are you giving it? I, I got nothing else. I'm going to say four stars. I liked this movie. It was well you know? done. Yeah. I love the actors. It was fun. It was scary. It was also funny. It had good gore. Cool story. Unique. I mean, yeah. it was very unique. And especially like creating all those visuals and everything. They really put some time in on this. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm I right there with cool. you. Yeah. Four stars, baby. Hell yeah. Hey, we're a four star podcast. We have Twinergy today and safe to say we would both recommend as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now it's time for... Screen vomit. All right, baby. What else have you been watching? Okay. I watched High Fidelity for the first time. That was pretty good. Never seen it start to finish. I'd seen like bits and pieces of it. Okay. I liked it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I watched uh, She's Gotta Have It for Criterion Week. Okay. That ruled. I like that. That's a Spike Lee movie from 1986, basically about a polycule. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, go yeah, off. Yeah, it's basically about a polycule. <laughs> yep. um, uh, and then I watched Stalker from 1979, the Andrei Tarkovsky movie, which I, oh, I loved that. Oh, this day rocked. All in one day. Here we go. I watched four movies one day. She's got to okay. have it in the morning. Finish Stalker. Then, boom, out of Stalker into Speed. Okay. <laughs> I give it five stars. I love it. Okay. Speed is so good. <laughs> Wait, had you never seen Speed before? Oh no, I'd seen. Maya was shown Speed as a child. Fortunately, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, as as every good child should be shown Speed around the yeah. age of eight or nine, because it's a concept that everyone can get. We all mm-hmm. get it. The bus can't slow down. Sure. Then <laughs> I watched The Stepford Wives. From 2004 with Nicole Mm -hmm. Kidman and Matthew Broderick, which was Mm -hmm. better than I thought it would be. Have you read the book? I have not. Mm. Worth reading? Um, So it's been a few years. So, But I remember Mm -hmm. I saw the movie first and then read the book. And I remember finding the ending of the book to be dissatisfying because I liked the ending of the movie so much better. Yeah. But the book is good. I just didn't like the ending. It's been a few years. So take that with a grain of salt. But that's what I remember. Yeah. Then I watched watched Swim Fan. Oh my god. <laughs> which is t- 
so please watch Swim Fan. Oh my god! Absolutely, go out of your way to watch Swim Fan because it is unhinged and it is. It will remind you of 2002 is a way more cursed time than I think any of us really remember it being. We've practically wiped it from the history books. Yeah, 2002 to 2005, things were not good. No, <laughs> aka my high school years. <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) Then, Lindsay and I have started diving into Miyazaki movies. Director Hayao Miyazaki from famously Studio Ghibli. Mm, Okay. So we started, I had never, we started with My Neighbor Totoro, which I'd never seen, and Mm -hmm. fucking loved it. Five stars. Pure, good, love it. Mm -hmm. We watched Spirited Away. Pure, good, love it. And we watched two more that I'll reveal next week. I've only seen one Miyazaki movie all the way through, I think, uh, which is Howl's Moving Castle. That's next on our list, I think. We've watched four in a row now. Miyazaki is probably the best director of all time. It's astonishing how- I mean, he's very prolific, yeah. It's just so nice how these movies make me feel. I just love them. I adore Mm -hmm. them so much, and I'm having a- fucking blast watching through them most of them for the first time yeah hell yeah what have you been watching so those of you who follow us on instagram yeah will have seen that i've been doing a short film challenge my goal is to watch one short film every day and i always post it on instagram in the stories so i watched some really good shorts recently that i'd like to talk about hell yeah because i've watched some that are Really good. And I also, I should say also, I made a Google Doc with uh, links to some shorts in it for any normals who want to check out some really good shorts. It's in our link tree, which you can find in the show notes and on any of our social media. So if you want to watch good shorts, hit that doc. So a couple that I watched recently that I really recommend. Okay. One is called I Don't Dance, and it's a Brent Weinbach Short, stars him, okay. written by him, and also features <laughs> Pal of the Pod, Andre Highland. Um, Love it. In the, in the short. Yeah, which I was surprised to see him in there, <laughs> but was so good. This short had me howling, laughing. It was so funny. And if you watch it twice, it's even funnier. It's fucking funny. And it's like 10 minutes long. Like, you have to watch it. It's so good. I Don't Dance, that one's called. And secondly, I've gotten Incredible. really into this director, Christopher Borgley. Okay. Um, he's, he's done a whole bunch of shorts. I've watched several of them in the last week because I'm so fascinated by his style. He's so, he's like funny and also like kind of crazy. <laughs> and his shorts are so good. Okay. Um, so I'll just rattle off a couple that I watched this week. Softcore, very good. The Loser, A Place We Call Reality, and Ear are all very good, and I watched those recently. So I'm really fascinated by his style. So he has like 15 shorts. I'm working my way through them. Nice. And then one movie I watched this week, mm-hmm. Coherence, which I think oh, is a movie you have seen. Yeah. Hell yeah. What'd you think? I feel like I may have a different opinion than you did. Okay. <laughs> but, well, here's what I think. So Coherence, I think that the story is really cool. So it's like a sci-fi movie that has like a, a alternate dimensions type of storyline. Yeah. And I think that that's really cool and creative. I hate the style of it. Okay. Personally. I think it's not. Yeah. It's just not something I like because it's like, you know, it's one of those where everyone's at a party and we're just kind of filming while everyone's talking at once constantly. I had a hard time 
keeping track of like who's dating who and everyone there's a looks lot the of same. like yeah 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 because yeah everyone looks the same they have no discernible personality traits except our bald bearded king <laughs> yeah you know what i guess that's what bothers me is that no one has a personality or any traits to themselves no they it... all just kind of exist and they all talk at the same time a lot of times people say the same thing right after someone else just said it which i find annoying mm-hmm. and yeah so i couldn't tell the characters apart and then they try to introduce these like oh someone's cheating on someone type stuff and i'm like i don't even know who they're cheating on and i feel unaffected by it because i don't care about these people (laughs) (laughs) you know so i don't like the style or what they did with the characters but i think the story is interesting so i don't know what do you do when that's the case (laughs) Uh, no you're totally right the movie is not about its character development that much the characters are more just vessels to tell a cool to posit a cool story yeah that's what i Felt about coherence. Yeah, that <laughs> Unfortunately, sense. I have once again saved the bad thing for last. So, oh hell yeah! <laughs> Check out my short film Google Doc. That's happy. Hell yeah! <laughs> I think people should watch more short films because they're such an equalizer in a way because they're so much more accessible than a feature. Sure. First of all, so like anybody can make a short film if they really want to. And you get a little bit more freedom with short films. Yeah. You can tell a much crazier story. and True. You can make broader leaps. I, they just can be so fun. Absolutely. I'm getting real big on short films. I wish people would watch more. And it's a couple minutes. Respect. You sit there, 10 minutes, you've watched a whole film that's like T to B. Very good. You know? <laughs> it's all about fucking uh, accessibility, though. It's like not on people's radar or platforms. True, which is is. why I made the Google Doc to help. Yeah, that's really smart. And I plan on using that because like, fuck, it's not on Netflix or whatever. It's not on HBO. I don't know where to find it. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I think the key for most people, which is why I thought to make that doc. You're so smart. Helping to spread the word if I can. Thank you. Don't do a live theme song. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> so you have to follow us on Instagram. Let's be real. Uh, we are there and on all the other things at Screen Vomit. One word on everything. Oh, my God. Um, give us a subscribe, rate, and review. Can we get a review in this town? Okay, please share the episodes. That's also very helpful. You can send us an email at screenvomitpod at gmail.com or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies or suggest a movie. Uh, If you want to hear me talk about labor and work and all that bullshit, I got a podcast called How to Fire Your Boss. Check it out. It's up on all the stuff. Hell yeah. And next week, we will be watching the 2012 film Tower. Directed by Kazik Radwanski, which is free on Tubi or Amazon Prime. And uh, we'll be joined by another very special guest. I'm so excited. Oh, um, hell yeah. So make sure you pick the right tower because there are several movies called Tower. Yeah. Directed by Kazik Radwanski, okay? 2012. 2012. There actually are two from 2012. The motherfucker. Movies called Tower, so <laughs> that's why I'm being so specific. <laughs> it's on Tubi or Amazon. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.